What's up, family? Peace and blessings. Here it is, August the 1st, 2019. I want to talk about the debates that were held in Detroit, Michigan, July 30th and July 31st. Well, here we go again with another presidential debate. Here we are with the Democratic Party, 20 candidates, and they're all fighting for that one nomination to go up against 45. My take in all of this, it's going to be crazy. You're going to hear more lies. You're going to hear more deceit. You're going to hear more uh, corruption come out on both 45 and whoever is the Democratic Party nomination. You're going to hear a bunch of smut being carried out on all these fronts over the next, from now until the election. And the sad thing about it, the people will be the ones that suffer. 45 made a bunch of promises, and the majority of those promises he can't keep. He's not going to keep. Chances are he probably never was going to keep. The people that were running for the Democratic nomination, these 20 candidates, I would say the ones with the strongest hold would probably be the females. I think the female candidates are very good, especially Williamson. She's the only one that's talking about reparations. Reparations is a payment that is due for work that was done hundreds of years ago. <clears throat> you have people like uh, Mr. Sanders. Mr. Sanders talks a good game. He talks about free college education, which that's never going to happen. These colleges will never do that. They talk about a bunch of immigration, immigration laws. They talked about the good old, you know, concentration camps and all this kind of garbage. But the thing about it, 45 has got a hold and 45 is going to do something to keep his party, to keep his people happy, whether good or bad. I think uh, Miss Harris she might have had a good showing a month ago, but this time around, I think uh, people start are starting to look into her record and see all the people that injustice was pretty much done to back in the day when she was a prosecuting attorney for the state. I think these people, they get up there, they say what you want to hear. You had a lot of the candidates, a lot of the uh, the. Uh, the men, they made good points. But being a senator in your state or a governor or a mayor, yeah, you know, that may be good for your state or your city, but is it going to be good for America? Chances are a lot of these things can work. A lot of the policies can work. But that's if you can get there and you might be able to implement some of your plan. But I don't think a lot of them will even get there. I think they're going to start weeding out of this 20. 
Uh, I think the top, what is it, the top 10, they'll start weeding out. I think uh, the brother, the uh, entrepreneur, he makes a lot of good points. But as far as a presidential candidate, or as far as a, a president, well, I, I don't think a lot of that stuff is going to happen. I think it's Mr. Yang. Uh, he makes a good point. You know, want to give everybody a thousand dollars a month. Uh, I don't think that'll work. I would like it because I would like that thousand dollars a month. But, you know, I, I I don't know if he would even make it, you know, to the I don't know, the top 10 or the top five or however you look at it, because about five of them are probably be are serious candidates and the rest of them are just there. But, you know, the, these debates are very interesting. And that's why, you know, we as American people and especially we as black people, we need to pay more attention to these debates because it's going to affect us in a good or bad way. But if you prepare yourself, it could neither affect you in either way, good or bad. If you prepare yourself and you just know what's coming, that's why it's always best to know what's coming. A lot of people don't like to watch them. They say they, they're boring. Well, yeah, they're boring, but they're interesting too. Because if you're into people like I am and you study people like I do, you can pretty much see and you can pretty much hear the things that they're saying. Some of these things will come to pass and some of these things are just uh, selling points to make the American people uh want to go and vote there, go and vote there. Well, to me, it's like, hey, you can vote for any candidate you want. Whether they win or lose, that's your candidate. That's the one you stick with. Win or lose. I'm a Raider fan. I vote for no other team. I vote for the Raiders and the Raiders only. That's my team. That's who I stick with. That's who I've been sticking with over the last 46 years. When you find a candidate that you like, then you deal with them. You follow them, whether they presidential candidate nomination, but nominees or governors or senators or mayors or whatever they be. If that's your person, that's your person. I think in this group, I think Miss Williamson, I think she is a strong, she, she makes strong points. She talks about reparations. Reparations is something that a lot of the candidates, they back away from and they still throw up the fact, well, we're still trying to study. But I'll, I'll give uh, Kamala Harris one thing. She said one thing in particular that was really right on point. It was about uh, uh, something in regards to women earning the same wages and as men and what she would do in penalizing the corporations that didn't pay the female the same uh, wage as a man for the same work. And she says, it's time to stop thinking about it and it's time to start doing. And I agree. Like Miss Williamson is talking about reparations and what she would do. And I believe, and I, it wasn't a whole lot of them that I would believe, but I think this female, because she's been talking about reparations before she even uh, started talking about uh, running for uh, president. And I believe, Miss Williamson, I believe if she can get in I believe that she would actually do something because she understands that there was injustice done to a people that never got what they really were supposed to get. And we were supposed to get that reparations and we should have got it with the 40 acres and a mule. Because if you do the math, 
take away the mule. But if you do the math, the 40 acres, if you know how much 40 acres of land is, you would understand how the wealth was changed in this country. Now you take the 40, well, you take the, what is it? I think anywhere between 3.5 million to maybe 4.5 million slaves that were freed and owed that reparations. I believe it was four, uh, 40 acres per four in a family. You do the math on that and you see the wealth because a lot of these people maintain uh, these uh, the, the the land that they was given, I'm talking about the people that were non-slaves, how they maintained their land and passed it down to generation to generation to generation. Now, if you look at that, if black folks had to pass down their uh, land to generation to generation, imagine what the wealth uh, a pendulum would be like. But see, if you're promising and you're paying reparations to about 200, I believe 200 uh, slave masters in uh, 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 D.C., Washington, D.C., got reparations back in, 19, I'm sorry, back in 1862. Why would you give them reparations? They was giving them reparations to compensate them for what they were going to be losing. See, you see the difference? You're still giving while you're still taking from another group. And then you want to call it equal justice. It's the same with the schools. We don't need to go to your schools. We never did. All we need is the same textbooks, the taint, I'm sorry, the same textbooks, the same, you know, teachers that actually do their job. We didn't definitely need to go because it's like what? Your teachers are no better than the ones over here. If the ones over here are getting the same type of benefits as the ones over on the other side, you know, you're going to get chances are the same or maybe even better. It's not like that black people can't teach. It's just that they try to make it seem like it is so damn difficult in order for a, a, a black student to learn from a black teacher. And that's not true. But as always, everything is always difficult when they come and they put their two cents in. It's always difficult. They make it seem like it's such uh, the end of the world if we can't get it done. We're just incompetent. It's like if you ask anybody, how would you like being black and see what type of answer you get? Chances are you probably wouldn't get no answer because people act like they don't know what's going on to black people. It's not like that we something is wrong with us because there's nothing wrong with us. How can there be something wrong with the, uh, the natural people of the earth? But then again, it's the devil's earth, so it's a difference. You got to play by a you got to play by different or different rules set. But people always act like, oh man, I didn't know that. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. But people always act dumb. Sometimes they act dumb, and sometimes hell, they just dumb. Majority of the time, they just dumb because injustice has been going on since black folks was brought over to this uh, to this world to this country and it's still going on even in modern times the candidates they're sounding good I, I if I were anybody 
listening to this, I would try to catch the next one. I believe it'll probably be sometime this month. Not quite sure, but I'm pretty sure it'll be sometime this month. Maybe the middle, maybe towards the end. I'm not quite sure. But if you're able to catch it with so many candidates, they have to have two nights. But I, I believe they're going to start reducing that. So maybe it'll just be held on one night. But if I were you, I would do my best to try and start paying attention to what's being said out here. Because all the fighting and the crazy madness that goes on in these debates, if they continue with that madness and the back and forth bickering, a 45 is going to win again. Not that he deserves it because he hasn't done nothing but uh, criticize, uh, call people out their names. You know, who does stuff like that? As a president, who does things like that? Well, he does. And it's sad because this is what America wants nowadays. They want a bunch of drama. They don't want a president. Remember back in the day, the president, it almost seemed like he had to be like squeaky clean. Well, we knew this guy wasn't squeaky clean, but they elected him anyway. You have people say one thing, but they do something else. Oh man, I can't stand him. But yet you're in line voting for him. If you people want to deal with number 45 for another four years, well, just keep going the way you're going. But I would tell the Democratic Party, if you guys want to be back in office, then you need to stop fighting amongst yourselves and start agreeing with something so you can put yourself in a better situation. They keep talking about universal care. Universal care works for some uh, countries around the world, but is it going to work for ours? Because ours, our country is full of one thing. People are, uh, they, they, want, they want a wealth and they don't want to share the wealth. A lot of the people who are doctors around the world where there is universal care, they understand. And then again, they don't have to deal with his uh, expenses like we do. We are people who are about money. And that's not good because in this economy, you got a lot of people who don't have medical health insurance. And you have a lot of people who are basically struggling from paycheck to paycheck. But no one seems to care. These people are all about and take your last dime. They'll take your last dime with the with the prescriptions. They'll take your last dime with your, your medical visits. Your 45 is trying to take away, uh, what is it, uh, Obamacare. Obamacare, a lot of white people try to come out and criticize Obamacare. But it's like that Obamacare is what saved your ass when no one else is doing anything. It may not have been the best plan, but shit, it was the only plan because... He's the only one who pretty, pretty much uh, implemented it and got it to pass. But see, that's what happens. People are two-faced too. You got to be very careful when you're dealing with two-faced people. People say one thing and do something else. You know, one minute they fought a man and the next minute they sitting up there and they criticizing the man. But that's the world for you. The world is about two-faced people. You just, like I say, you guys just study people. Once you study people, you don't have those problems.
because you know where they stand. One minute they on your side, and the next minute they not. Two-faced. But we got to come better than what we've been coming. Because let me tell you, ain't nobody really giving a damn what you do. Everybody's about themselves and their own. And if you sitting around waiting for somebody to start caring about you, then use a fool. Because ain't nobody going to care about you unless it's you caring about yourself. But we have to get on the same track as a country and stop all this hate towards one another. You know, I think some people like thriving on hate. The world likes to say, well, we don't do this. We're not prejudiced. We're not a racist. Uh, yes, you are. Just look in the mirror. Look at the acts. Look what you do. We're not going to say everybody because everybody's not that way. But then again, everybody has a little bit in them. But there's a lot of hatred in this world, too. And the hatred definitely stems towards the black man and black woman. And you don't even have to do anything to be hated. They just hate us. They just hate us. So I hope we can get together as some people and do our thing. Marie Ann Williamson, she is the one that's trying. I'm going to pass on a little bit of clip here so you can check this out. So she's, I believe she's going to do the job. Hold on right quick. Let me, let me key up this clip for you right quick. Of course I have a Marianne Williamson impersonation. Go there we go. Her. You are so on, right? I practice it in the mirror. During the second Democratic debate in Detroit in late July, Google tracked which of the 10 candidates on stage were being searched the most on its platform during the proceedings. In Montana, it was home state governor Steve Bullock. In the other 49 states, Marianne Williamson, which begs the question, who the heck Marianne Williamson? Well, the short answer to that is that Williamson is one of the 24 candidates running for the Democratic nomination for president in 2020. The longer answer to that question is, well, well, it's long, but it is also amazing. Williamson made her name as a self-help author and spiritual guru slash advisor. What a job title. According to Amazon, seven of her 13 books have made the New York Times bestseller list, and four went all the way to number one. Important sidebar, Marion Williamson and I have a combined four New York Times bestsellers. <laughs> In the broadest strokes, Williamson preaches a sort of semi-secular gospel of love. Her most recent book called A Politics of Love it was released in April 2019. Quote, confronts the cancerous politics of. You see, Marianne Williamson, this female, she's going to be, she she may not win, but like I say, check out her, check out her website. It didn't really matter. She came in fourth in the race with nearly 13% of the vote. Congressman Ted Lieu won and still holds that seat. If you check out her website, you'll see she's been preaching about reparations for longer than this period of just running for presidential nomination. So. Let's get it together, people. Because this is really getting 
to be a little bit crazy. Marianne Williamson is the only one talking about reparations. Whether she can win or not, don't know. But hey, stay tuned. It's only beginning. Peace out on this August 1st, 2019. This is Ecologist Real Talk saying peace and much love.